On this episode of the Pandemic Pedagogy Podcast, we'll be talking about some of the technology used in virtual and online learning. Welcome to episode two of the Pandemic Pedagogy Podcast. I'm Galen Perkins, an instructor of creative media production at Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. Joining me this week to talk about the technology we use to learn in this era are two of my students from the Audio Production 2 class, Mr. Reese Barnett and Mr. Will Burrow. Guys, thanks for coming in today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Uh, Reese, tell us a bit about yourself and what your interests are in media. Uh, Well, I'm Reese Barnett. I'm a student at Arkansas State University, and I'm a creative media production major. I was born and raised in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and so far, my main focus for uh, video production is editing. I am a big fan of anything involving editing, pretty much. So if you sent me down in front of a computer with an hour of footage, I'd be tickled pink to sit down and edit it most of the time. Okay, and uh, Will, I'd post the same question to you. Uh, what is your interest in media? Uh, well, I'm, with I'm a junior. Um, I'm from Benton, Arkansas, which is right underneath Little Rock. Um, I'm a creative media production with the emphasis in sports production. And um, so I just kind of just want to work in like the behind the scenes in the sports field, like ESPN or something like that. Great, great stuff. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of our interests are all similar. We both, we all like to edit and uh, we all like to be behind the scenes. So also joining us for a discussion this week is Mr. Andrew Gesswine, Assistant Director of Digital Media Production at Arkansas State University. Andy, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you so much for joining us today. Could you tell us a bit about your background in creative media and teaching? So I have uh, worked in some sort of video production professionally for the past 13 years. I've spent time creating over 500 local and regional commercials for for various people uh, in the Jonesboro and uh, Little Rock markets. And currently, I am the lead uh, video marketing effort here in A-State Digital Creative Media, while also having the opportunity of getting to teach some, uh, some courses over in the School of Media and Journalism. My primary focus, especially with teaching, is uh, is video production, um, especially a lot of the practical applications along with uh, broadcast graphics. I end up having an awful lot of emphasis within within a lot of the technical aspects and within uh, software-based stuff, especially there within the Adobe Creative Cloud. So for this week, we're talking about the tools and technology we use to learn in the pandemic. For those of us here at A-State, we start with using a learning management system. Um, and for us at A-State, that is Blackboard. So, Andy, why don't you tell us what you've learned about using Blackboard to teach over the past year? Uh, fortunately, I have been utilizing Blackboard ever since I have been um, been starting teaching because there, for me, it's a whole lot easier to end up having a centralized resource to end up helping my students be able to refer back to. But definitely since uh, since the onset of the pandemic, I have really leaned on that in a lot more um, of the particular tools within Blackboard, such as Collaborate, getting to work with some of the the built-in uh, peer and self-review tools to really try to expand the usefulness and trying to end up um, bringing some more interaction with my students when um, uh, when we are all being remote um, during this particular year. And so what are some uh, other kinds of tools and software that you use to incorporate 
into uh, into Blackboard to improve the online learning experience. So with having a, a strong video production background, I have a tendency to want to end up making everything as as well as possible. My courses, uh, we end up having at least half of my class being in person and half online due to our room restrictions. So I'm, I try to end up making the experience for those that are virtual at least similar to those that are in person. So yes, it's like I end up using OBS to end up um, aggregating all of my sources um, whenever I'm going through. So it's it's like actually getting to utilize a switcher as I'm as I'm going through, which is definitely something a bit more familiar with me. So I'm able to utilize the webcam that I have on the computer itself in front of me. We also have a document cam there in in the um, room in which I teach and. Um, I end up bringing in sources for my slides from Google Slides, along with being able to to bring in actually seeing these uh, the software input that that I'm working in, so they can end up seeing all these various various things as I'm going along, and especially such as last evening, I was going through and teaching my students how to utilize um, to actually use a fully functional switcher there with the uh, the TriCaster. And the downside with having half the class being remote is the fact that they can't actually be there and physically see everything. So we also utilized um, an ATEM Mini to end up receiving the multi-viewer um, output um, along with also having a top-down view with a, uh, with a Mevo cam. Um, I believe it's the Mevo start to where I can actually control what is being shown within that frame using my phone while I'm also being able to um, tap on whatever buttons that I need there on the switcher so that those that are in the room can end up seeing what I'm what I'm pushing and those that are remote are able to understand at least a little bit better um, before they're able to get their hands on the equipment itself. But along with with all of that particular things to to end up helping me switch, since I do end up having more of that tactile experience, I end up using to actually switch any of my sources within OBS. I use an app uh, for both the Mac and for my phone of Touch Portal. That essentially gives me eight buttons uh, there on my phone um, that I'm able to go through and easily switch between each source and my students both remotely and in the classroom are able to end up getting the same general experience as we're um, as we're going through class. Yeah, it sounds like you're using a, an insane amount of uh, not just uh, hardware, but also software to accomplish these goals. Definitely I, a huge learning curve. <laughs> definitely. I, I want to open up the discussion a bit to our students, if we can. Uh, Reese and Will, how how is your experience uh, been so far using uh, Blackboard to learn during this time? For the most part, uh, Blackboard hasn't been that difficult to uh, deal with. Quite honestly, uh, most of the time we use Zoom for our classes and such, but um, with Blackboard, it's pretty much just the same as any regular class. You just have the homework that gets posted and uh, the quizzes every once in a while. So it's it's less like having to adapt to a whole new system and more like just more homework as the whole class pretty much. Uh, Blackboard has been pretty much the same as it was the first two years, just 
the teacher posts their lecture video on it or they post the work we have for the week and then, then they leave like a little note and like their expectations and their rubric and all that sort of stuff. So it's just easy to follow and it's not really too complicated to understand for anybody. Have you found that more of your classes, are they synchronous in nature or are they asynchronous? Like how you do it, um, you post your like video and then you literally go throughout the whole entire week and go step by step by step, which like I prefer because it's easier that way. And then there's like some other teachers that do Zooms. Like, so like Wednesday at like 10, 30 to to whatever we're going to be on zoom and then they normally give us the next day that we're in that class off to do the assignment for that week i was actually talking to my roommate about this today um and whenever before the pandemic or anything started it was uh, it seemed like i had like one online class and then everything else was in person and nowadays it's kind of flipped to the other way to where i have like one in-person class and uh, all of my other classes are online uh and i i definitely feel it is a lot more asynchronous than uh whenever i was doing just normal everyday class uh, but it's i mean it, it, i wouldn't say that it's a, it changed anything like super heavily i mean it's just a different way that i have to adapt to doing class it, it's uh, it's alien it's not bad it's just it's just something that i need to adapt to more than anything well, speaking of adaptation, is there any technology that you've had to learn as part of this transition to mostly remote learning? Web cameras. <laughs> I've had to learn a lot about web cameras. Um, right. Uh, I actually ended up buying myself not a uh, not a not a bad web camera. It's a seventy seven twenty p Logitech camera, but it gets the job done. But um, that was one of the uh, the hardest things for me to figure out was that I had trouble setting up a web camera. Usually I feel like most of these things are just plug and play sort of deals. But uh, in this case, it took me like 20 minutes to get my whole setup and everything ready for online classes. Past that, nah, Zoom wasn't that hard to learn. <laughs> so those are pretty much the only two things that I've had to learn anything on. Um, just like cameras and stuff like that. I haven't have really had to deal with that, but the stuff for me is like the Adobe products, like Premiere Pro being like, just like not in class, but being by yourself, learning that, um, all by like all by yourself, learn how to do stuff. Like you did the videos and you did like, it did the project and everything, but it was just like harder to do it on your own than being in class where you can just like raise your hand back. Hey, come over here. I have a question or something like that. So actually Googling videos to try to get better, it was um, like I had to adapt to doing that to get questions if I had to wait for like a response from somebody to answer the question. Yeah, I, I felt that too. And Andy, how have you been handling that in, in your classes? Just like Will and Reese were saying, it is a whole lot more difficult, especially as an instructor. That's one of the things that I enjoyed the most was being able to actually go over there when a student was having a problem. Um, right. especially in my broadcast graphics class, that is, that is my favorite thing to end up getting to, uh, getting to do to really like sit back in and help them out and be able to like, once you can really see that particular, just all of that, uh, that everything clicking, getting to see that in their eyes is, is fantastic. And that is definitely something that have lost, um, during all of this. 
And uh, I guess Will and Reese, what uh, what kind of questions do you have for us? Um, I know that we're we're instructors um, mm-hmm. in the sense of, of teaching y'all, but uh, there's got to be some kind of questions that that y'all have regarding um, the way stuff is transitioned and what what can we do better? I guess. Well, honestly. The, uh, the the biggest thing that I have to say for uh, just any instructors or anything like that is to um, try to keep as hands-on as possible with students. I personally learn better from a hands-on experience as opposed to uh, just listening to somebody talk. So uh, I try to keep in contact with my professors usually if I have any problems or anything. So one of my biggest issues that I run into is that some of my professors will take like two or so days in order to respond or two or three days. And so um, I'd say my my biggest thing is just keep actively talking to students and uh, making sure they're actually getting what they, what you're teaching. Um, There's some teachers that are, can reply to you within like 10 minutes. If you send them a text or email, then there's some teachers that you send them an email two days for assignments due, and then they email it, (laughs) email you back when they're grading it or something. Mm -hmm. Question. I'm like, well, that was kind of pointless because I needed it two days ago and I can't really do anything because it's past the um, like due date and everything. But um, there's really nothing like I would say changing for the teachers that I have. They do a pretty good job adapting to what um, the circumstances are. If y'all could give us as a faculty in general a grade here, how, how would you say that we've done in, in this changeover? I'd, I'd give a, uh, a firm either B plus or A minus so far. I mean, it's I'm honestly blown away at how some of my professors have been able to uh, assist and in a such a stark crisis. There are one or two professors who uh, I won't bring up the names of that definitely could use a little bit more adapting, but everyone everyone that I've worked with so far have uh, they've definitely been moving over really well yeah i'd have to say i'd probably give like a b or b plus um, like i said earlier there's like good teachers who seem like they're actually teaching better online than they are in person like responding to you answering questions actually looking like they're enjoying teaching then because in person they would just put a powerpoint up or something like that and like do this do this do this okay you're good to go now they're actually like doing projects with us they're having PowerPoints with also cracking jokes and asking how our days are and like actually communicating more with us and trying to get to know us better than us actually being in person when mm-hmm. they're going at us to answer a question and then go on to the next thing. And they're not really getting to know us that much. You kind of have to put the student has to put the effort in to talk to them when they're in class. But now I feel like the teachers are the lonely ones trying to talk to us and get to know us and check on us and everything. It, it, it's definitely a lot more intimate in that way. I agree with Will a lot there. I'd say that most likely if I had to choose uh, going back to in-person classes or staying online, I actually kind of like it online a little bit better, sort of. I mean, there are some kinks to work out uh, that definitely are a little inconvenient, but it it, it it's almost it almost works a little bit better than just what we had going on before. Uh, in some weird roundabout way. Well, I know that that's um, 
something that's been a highlight for me um, is that I'm not a very organized person and going, uh, going fully online has forced me to, to be more organized and, and evolve uh, rubrics for each assignment and um, know that I can't always be there to be hands-on and correct mistakes um, and that I've got to work at better conveying what I'm trying to uh, what I'm trying to teach instead of just um, rambling and talking like I'm doing now. Andy, do you have any questions for the group? One uh, one thing that I end up having for the two of you that are here, since we are dealing with so much of video conferencing, what is your preferred method? Um, and, and kind of like what stands out more for you guys there with uh, within Blackboard Collaborate and Zoom? I'd say that my favorite method so far is probably the slideshow thing that they uh, they use. They the sort of share your screen with the slideshow because it still does feel like uh, you're in class and you can still take notes uh, while you're at your desk. It's a little bit easier to take notes because you can just have a, a Word document opened up and type out your notes while they're doing the uh, the slides. Um, so it, it, though I, not to say that I don't like to see, uh, the teacher's face or anything like that. It's just that it, it, it is really useful to have uh, a, a close up view of the, uh, of everything that they're going over, uh, as well. I feel like, um, zoom is better because, well, the experiences I've had so far, the teachers that have zoom with you, they seem like their actual self and not like a fake person pretty much when they're at the school, like they're laid back and joking with you, asking how your day is and not like, oh, the administrator's going to walk in and like talk to you or something or like take notes on how your style is teaching and everything. You're just kind of laid back, joking and doing all that and just being like genuine with the kids and everything. And like for the students, like the only thing I miss about being in class is like hanging out with your friends that you normally don't get to see. Like you're not your buddies, but like your acquaintances and everything. And that's one thing I miss, but Zoom, I feel like people are starting to talk now because they kind of have to, teachers are making them, but it's kind of weird just like talking in there because your face comes up on everybody's screen or your box comes up on everybody's screen and people don't really like talking and seeing that. They just kind of like wait after class and ask the question. So I feel like it makes students have to adapt to talking in front of people and everything. Which with the whole video aspect, if you are given more of a choice, which do you tend to prefer with, um, cause it's like, I understand that some professors don't, don't go with it, but um, do you prefer to have your video on or off? I prefer to just have it off because like, I just like don't like people like looking at me, but I just, would just rather have it off so I can have like and mute me so I can have like, just if I'm eating or something like that, because I know people don't like looking at eating or just matters whatever I'm doing. I just have it off unless it's like professional. Like if we have a guest on there, I'll have it on to make it be more professional and everything like that. For me, it depends on the class. It, I have some classes that are like nine o'clock in the morning and uh, I, I will I set an alarm for five minutes until that class wake up and then pay attention to it and then go back to sleep most of the time. <laughs> so uh, the last thing that I want people to see is, you know, me lying in bed watching the class. So, uh, but if it's one of my ones in the afternoon, most of the time I will be, you know, up at my desk and uh, have Zoom going with the camera and audio on. I know that, that that's a little bit of an odd distinction between the two of them, but it just depends on time of day for me more than anything. And kind of just a follow up to that, as far as it goes to 
connection. I know that pre-pandemic there was a real connection, or at least I felt like there was a a good connection between instructor and student, as well as student to student. What are y'all doing as students? And Andy, what are you doing as an instructor to kind of reinforce that old style of connection over a video uh, platform? Fortunately, with many of my classes, um, there's at least half and half <laughs> that are that are in person and half that are that are remote. But I do try to actually ask um, in person, or it's like I, I try to ask those. Um, rather than just singling out those that are um, that are there in the classroom, I will end up actually asking for um, for some feedback from those that are remote. And I will also end up trying to have different little um, where normally I would want people to break out into groups um, or like us do like a little bit of an activity. I will actually do various breakout groups within Zoom to where it's like I'll end up having my students that are in person, they'll get to work together, but then I can have multiple breakout rooms remotely there through Blackboard Collaborate so that they can sit back and feel a little bit more to where they're able to um, to talk um, to talk amongst each other to end up then getting to present a little bit later on within uh, within class so that we can sit back and we can do a little bit of that same problem solving that we would normally do during a more traditional time, but they are still able to um, to kind of get to work in that with with our new normal that we end up having. One of my habits that I started uh, my first year of college is uh, every time that I start a new semester, I like to introduce myself to my professors, uh, unless it's an online class in which it it's a little difficult to do that. I'll usually just send an email, but with it being with most of the classes being online now, it's very difficult to keep that sort of thing going. So one of the things that I tried was just after the zoom calls or something like that, I'd stay a little bit after and ask the professor to say after, so I could introduce myself. I feel like it's important to do that sort of thing just so that way the professors know who you are and stuff. And so it it's it was a little disappointing to me having to change up that habit. Uh, but because I actually went that extra mile, it honestly has been a huge plus in my class because a lot of my professors know my know me by name, know what I look like, yada, yada, yada. And it does allow me to interact a little bit better with uh, my professors. With the student aspect, uh, I'm a bit introverted. And so I honestly wasn't doing a lot of student interaction in person. So not a lot's changed on that front, to be honest. Well, with me, um, since we're all in the media um, department, pretty much, we have the same teachers from the same group of teachers from year one to year four. So with us, we can build a connection throughout those four years and really get to know um, each other on a personal level as much as people want to share. With that, going to remote, going to online learning is really not any different because like I said earlier, teachers to me seem more laid back, like, oh, I, I can say whatever. I can just give them the work and trust that they'll do it. And pretty much, and I'm here if they need need every need anything and all that. And with students, I've had one class, and that was kind of like an elective class. They actually on um, Blackboard, you can go like send an email to like everybody in the class. And we actually made a group me because 
Um, so we didn't have to bug the teacher every time. We just kind of talked amongst ourselves and tried to figure our issues out. Like, oh, do you know how to turn a camera on or whatever? Yeah, you do this, 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 and that. And I mean, I feel like a lot of classes should just make a group me, like how the teacher make it and have all the kids in it. And just have like the kids talk and figure out the problem instead of messing with the teacher or something or waiting for them to reply. You can get your response within five minutes because everybody has their phone or their computer on them and everything. And that kind of leads me to my next question. I know that me and Mr. Gesswein are both pretty active in uh, in the world of GroupMe, but are there any other are there any other platforms that you guys as students would recommend that uh, maybe we as faculty adopt uh, to be able to reach out to you easier? I know it's kind of a bit of I haven't actually asked any teachers about this yet, but it's almost seemed a little taboo to me. Uh, Discord actually is what one of my major uh, communications uh, platforms is currently. Pretty much all of my interaction between my friends and stuff happens through Discord. Uh, So I figure creating Discord groups and stuff is really intuitive and it's very easy and plus has a lot of moderation options. So, I mean, it, it feels like Discord might be a good place to go if GroupMe ends up falling through or something like that. For me, so, it feels like the teacher needs to like make a poll or something like text, GroupMe, Discord, or whatever. Whatever gets like the most response is what I feel like that class or that teacher should do for that group of students in that class. Uh, Mr. Gesswan, did you have any uh, final questions or anything you'd like to ask of the group? Or uh, Reese or Will, do you all have anything you want to ask? Um, I actually have one or two questions that uh, I prepared ahead of time for uh, Mr. Andy. So uh, I stalked your LinkedIn account uh, before the uh, before the uh, recording, uh, and it said that you've been making commercials for local businesses for about four years or so. Who all in the local business game, who all have you worked with exactly? Um Man, I need to end up updating my LinkedIn for one <laughs> if it's saying four years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it, yeah, it's like there, it's like I'd worked at KET for, um, from 2009 until 11. And so it's like, especially Jonesboro businesses, I've worked with uh, Glenn Sane. I've worked with, um, um, uh, it's, Back when um, Food Smart was Hayes, I did a lot of their their ads along with um, the town and country chain. I've done a lot of various. Um, I also ended up working for Fox 16 and KERK whenever I was down in Little Rock. And I also ended up doing a lot of their um, local commercials with all of that. I, I've done a little bit of, of anybody and everybody around. Um, along with even doing some stuff for, for A-State and the Fowler Center before um, before I ended up actually being here on staff and getting to work on our institutional ad um, here this past year. Very good. So uh, last question, and then uh, I'll let Will get uh, some questions in. If you could give any advice to your past self involving your current line of work, what would you tell yourself? go out there and shoot as much as you end up can Um, put together a whole bunch of just little side projects, like have fun, do a little bit uh, of creativity and and get to play with a lot of these, these different things a whole lot more than just doing the projects um, in class. That is, that is the biggest thing is um, 
you don't really end up having much of a of a reel if you're just doing doing your your projects in class it's like um and you want to end up having things that stand out um from from anybody else um i ended up getting receiving that advice toward um within my last semester of college and i was like why have I wasted these past three years now? It's like, I should have been doing this a whole lot more. Um, but, but yeah, it's getting out there and really creating um, because it's a whole lot better. Cause I, I know my first year at KEIT um, because of the, the rapid amount of, of commercials that I had to put out um I was making a lot of mistakes on somebody else's dime. Um, and that's something that it's like, I want to end up that I would want to end up rectifying. And that's what I try to end up doing with a lot of my students. I want them to make their mistakes when it's not costing themselves or somebody else. Um, I want them to end up because we're all going to make mistakes. It's a given we're all learning. Um, I'm still learning today. And if we ever stop learning, there's something wrong. Um, it's being that perpetual learner is the, is the biggest thing that you can end up doing. Thank you. That's, uh, that's some really good advice. So for um, you, Andy and Mr. Perkins, um, so as a teacher, do you feel like being online is more of your style or in person and why? Teaching online is not my style. <laughs> not, not at all. Um, I prefer the interaction of being in person myself. I do enjoy the fact that um, I am being at least kind of forced to to learn a little bit uh, more of some of these things to end up making it a little bit closer to the in-person experience. But yeah, um, I still, I prefer the whole idea of the press and the flesh. I love being able to still like organizing everything that we end up needing to, um, to end up making everything go go a whole lot smoother, but it is I would much prefer to to be in person so that I can sit back and really end up helping out, um, really getting to help out my students because I, I like I, I I want to to help as much as I can and I know that it is more difficult and sometimes more cumbersome um, virtually and maybe even my students are bringing up when they end up needing help. And that's something I don't want. It's like I, when they end up needing help, I, I want them to bring it up so that I can end up helping them out in those particular situations. For me, it depends on the class. If it's, if it's an intro level class, like if it's something like uh, video production one, or if it is in this case right now with audio production two, um, audio production one and two, um, I don't really mind doing it in an online format. In fact, I actually prefer it that way um, because there is a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of learning that goes into these earlier classes, um, stuff that I can kind of farm out to like LinkedIn learning and YouTube in a lot of sense, because if I have a question, even as a quote unquote professional, that's where I tend to go is I tend to go to forums and I tend to go to YouTube for the practicum and upper level courses. Um, I would much rather be in person for upper level classes like uh, video three 
um, where they're mainly practicum based. At that point, you've learned all the skills. Now you just need to apply them. At that point, you all have a, everybody in the class has a level of intelligence and a level of knowledge of the subject in the class. Um, and now it's it's playtime <laughs> um, and it's time to go out and do something with the skills that you've acquired in the lower level classes. And so um, that's when I would want to be much more interactive. So how has the pandemic changed like on how you like you're grading? Like, are you more harsh or are you more laid back? And like, how has it changed with how you communicate with your students? Because you can't just walk over and then be like, oh, what's up, Will, or whatever. Like, how has that changed for y'all? Uh, for myself, um, not a whole lot has, has really changed. Um, like, I still like... 98% of what I end up grading is all done via rubrics um, within Blackboard because it's like I I want them to be submitting it through there so that I can end up um, I end up having it all collected in one particular area so I don't have to chase it down all over the place. Um, I do end up also offering um, the ability that if they do end up having any questions or concerns, I'm happy to respond back uh, via email. Since I'm since I'm more of an adjunct and I don't have such a prominent uh, place over in uh, the school of of media and journalism, um, my actual office is over in the basement of administration. So it is a little bit more difficult for for my students to end up normally just stopping in uh, with me. So. Fortunately, it's like I try to be very good about responding via email um, if they really kind of need a little bit more of a face to face, especially like right now. I'm happy to to set up a one on one Zoom call to where we can sit back and, and talk about these things. I may not light it as fancy as I end up having this evening, but yeah, it's like I, I'm happy to end up uh, to to try to work around uh, with my students to try to be able to to possibly hold their hand with some of these things whenever it, it does end up working around um, my particular schedule. And I'd say for me, um, my my strenuousness and grading really hasn't changed. But what has changed is, I guess, like Andy said, the formula or rubric in which I grade off of has changed. Um, I used to be when I was when I was more on campus and more involved, I used to grade a lot more on aesthetics. But now with the sheer volume of students that we have and just sort of that disconnect in communication, I've I've graded more on um, on technical elements and timeliness uh, more than anything. I still have aesthetics as part of my uh, grading rubric. Um, I would just say that it's gone from probably being about 50 percent of it to being about 30 percent. But in a lot of sense, um, if a student as long as a student is turning in something, uh, I'm trying to get everybody to that level first, and then we can start reviewing what you can do to make it better. Um, but there is not with present company, but there there is a, a real pandemic in that we're trying to to get people just to turn stuff in at times. Um, yeah. And I know that I know that there's a lot of things that weigh on y'all um, in terms of. Uh, mental health during the pandemic because it weighs on us as instructors as well. So uh, I guess in trying to accommodate that and be more empathetic, um, I've shifted my um, 
my level of harsh critiqueness um, back a little bit. And I, I try to acknowledge the, I guess, the win. I'm going to take the W that, you know, they they turn something in and that it's it's decent quality. And let's grade based off that. Yeah, so in my last question, um, how has the interaction with like coworkers and students, since y'all preach to us that connections are everything, how has that, that changed for y'all during the pandemic and everything? So for me, um, I end up, uh, I'm still interacting about as much as I normally would with, with my coworkers that I end up having over here in digital creative media and also over there in, in SMJ. Um, and because, especially since I am over here in no man's land in the basement of admin, it's a, it's a lot of group me. It's a lot of texts. Um, it's like, there's some points to where I may not end up talking to some of my SMJ folks as often as I, as I would if I just decided that I need to get out of here and venture over to, uh, to the, to the school for a little bit. For the most part, it's, it's pretty similar. Um, at least uh, for me, because fortunately we don't end up any of our normal meetings, at least within the workplace are usually a little bit more one-on-one every so often we'll end up having a, a group zoom meeting, but at least with, with our bits, we, we are such a small deal that it's, it's a lot of one-on-one and it ends up, um, and then a lot of email and uh, Slack messages is also what we use over here on, on this side with everything to, to try to keep us organized. But for the most part, it really hasn't changed. It's like we are a little bit more connected whenever we have to, work remotely such as last week during all the snow. Yeah. I guess just the method of communication has changed. I'm, I'm kind of fortunate in being the junior faculty member um, that I, um, that I actually enjoy the people that I work with and having gone here to, to a state, I still keep in, in touch with, you know, a lot of the faculty members on a, on a daily basis. I've kind of got, you know, a work mom and a work dad and um, me and uh, Mr. Gusswine are our friends outside of uh, work and we, we tend to hang out together. So really it's just been the method of communication and the other direction kind of talking with students Um I think that for the most part, um, students are actually more accessible to me now than they they were in the past through uh, stuff like you were talking about through like GroupMe um, and through uh, through like Discord. So um, it's really the communication level is still there, but the method of communication has changed a little bit. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I guess last question or last uh, statement um, is there anything podcast wise Reese and will do you want to go ahead and uh, plug your podcast for the class kind of oh, tell abs- us what those are about absolutely I love advertising my own products so uh, if anyone would like to tune in I have not put out the uh, first episode for it yet but I uh, will be doing that this week as it is an assignment that is due Friday uh, so I am going to be putting out the first and second episodes of Reese's movie night which is a uh, podcast that's going to be uh, mostly me, but every once in a while we'll have some guests where we will be uh, reviewing movies. 
uh, trying to take a, a, a auditory approach to a very visual medium, uh, sort of flipping it on its head. And uh, we're going to be talking about it, giving short views, giving opinions on the movies, sometimes making fun of them if they're not very good movies. Uh, and we'll it'll just be a fun listen to. And we hope that the audience feels like they get to be a part of the discussion as well. Um, mine's called the cast of characters and it's so it's kind of like movies and stuff so like today um with two of my best friends we um talked about wandavision what's happened theories and all that and we just joked a lot tease each other just kind of went at it with each other and it's just like able to do that with like your best friend like my best friends and everything it makes it better for me because i don't really like to talk in like a big like public space and have other people hear me but um Mine's about like Star, like Star Wars, Harry Potter, Fast and Furious, all the main like trilogies, and who do we wish could be in it that isn't already, and like what we like about it, and like what we're expecting to see in the future, and everything. It sounds like we got some good stuff going on in the class. Well, thank you everyone for joining me today, and a special thanks to Mr. Guesswine for joining us. Uh, I'm happy to be here. It's 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 great to get to hear this feedback from uh, from from the students and everything. I 100% agree. So Pandemic Pedagogy Podcast is produced in association with the Audio Production 2 class in the School of Media and Journalism at Arkansas State University. To listen to complete episodes, follow us on anchor.fm slash pandemicpedagogy or listen on your favorite streaming service. And as always, keep learning. Keep learning.